0: Welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Release. I'm here, as always, with Thad.
1: Oh, yeah, I am here.
0: Today's a special episode.
1: Very special.
0: Um,
1: I think it's it's near and dear to our hearts, and to the hearts, I dare say, of the nation.
0: <laughs> the title of this episode, actually, you know what, I'm going to go with that. But we're just going to list <laughs> off, uh, we've made a list of our favorite movies, that involve the punching of either Nazis, bigots, <laughs> or white supremacists of some kind. It's not going to be the whole episode, and it's just going to be like no. a little bit of a fun time, and then we're going to get into some serious discussion.
1: Yes, because we are serious, <laughs> high-minded folk.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so to start off, our favorite Nazi-punching movies. Uh, Thad, what do you have?
1: Okay, well, I, uh, I, I I have a list of five here, and they're all going to be pretty on the nose. Okay. Um so number 5 which is it almost fell into honorable mention quite honestly cuz I also have an honorable mentions list okay. uh that I can get to later but number 5 for me was X-Men first class because Magneto killing nazis with a knife <laughs> yes. was god oh that was a, like no matter like that that movie had a lot of, of problems like it it wasn't like it was a, it was a good save after X3 right uh make make no mistake but it it was not as great as like I remember a lot of, of comic nerds, like, acting like it was at the time. Like, a lot it, it of just...
0: people thought it was, like, the next, like, Brian the Singer takeover. I'm like, it's good. It's
1: just, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, is, it is solidly adequate. Uh, but that that for... Much like how the first X-Men movie just went full bore with, like, showing young Magneto at a goddamn concentration camp. Right. Uh, the, you know, First Class similarly introduces Magneto... By having him magnet Nazi murder, like it was just the oh. idea
0: of Magneto as an avenging Nazi hunter. Yeah, I would have been okay with like as if they took that series down, like if that was. Oh yeah, new, uh, like I would have that.
1: that uh, in fact, the the uh, that w- that was such a great movie idea that they just <laughs> yeah. left. <laughs> um,
0: and they never went back to pick it up. That was the most annoying. Thing
1: yeah, I, and then that. Oh, oh! It turns out Kevin Spacey's evil mutant was a Nazi. <laughs> oh, come on, guys! Could we not? Could we not just have followed him for an hour and a half, going <laughs> through South America and other places, just tracking down Nazis <laughs> oh, and that killing them? Would have been beautiful. Oh. Uh,
0: but we'll anyway. The...
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to gush there for a minute.
0: That's fine. Uh,
1: Also, so, also, comic book related sidebar. Uh, Magneto has had some great interactions with the Red Skull over the years, including one time where he just trapped him in a hole with, like, water but no food? <laughs> uh, Magneto, t- still, just not not a fan well, of the and, Nazis.
0: And this is, just to get sidetracked just a, just a bit, um... One of my issues with Marvel and the comics, as of recently, I don't re- I don't read them. But yeah,
1: I I I haven't really been following, but I know the. Hmm.
0: They they they've, they've sort of just really stuck to the Hydra as Hydra. Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 Hydra the Nazis.
1: Yeah, the movies were sort of guilty of that too. That's one of the things that yeah. gives me, even, as fun as it was, that makes me cock my eyebrow at Captain America: The First Avengers. Like, no, these are worse than Nazis, and right. my immediate response is, no, they're not.
0: No, they're no, they're <laughs> they're... not, not by <laughs> a long shot. Um, but not only that, but like uh, in the uh, show, um, Agents of Shield, mm. there was a character Ward, who was revealed to be a double agent with Hydra.
1: Yeah, I, re- I remember this.
0: Right, and uh, there was a huge sort of like fan base that sort of like wanted to forgive Ward all his transactions because he was abused. And I was like, okay, I get it. He was abused, and that's a horrible yeah. thing. And my heart goes out to him. Yeah, he, he he's a Nazi.
1: Yeah. This is this is one of I mean this is that, that the sort of paradox of trying to, to be a, a good person. Yeah. Is we like I can respect and feel sort of and feel empathy for, for anyone who is uh in an abusive, you know, situation. But that doesn't mean that you also forgive them Nazism. Like that's Exactly. Like now those if, things if can you can hold those two the, thoughts.
0: If they come back and like I and renounce it like legitimately? Yeah. All uh, right.
1: Like, because uh, yeah, and there, there's plenty of history of that. Life after Hate, for example, a great uh, group in the real world of of people who were former, you know, white supremacists and uh, and do activism to to help people get beyond that. But anyway, right. we're talking movies. We should right. probably get back to that. Let's go. Uh, number four for me, Inglorious Bastards.
0: Of course.
1: Uh, really brought back Nazi killing. Right. Uh, <laughs> made and also brought forward the pronunciation Nazi right which i have a great affection for um and man the this the, this is something i'll i'll probably get back to a, a few times in this episode but one of the the problems that happens in certain uh nazi punching nazi murdering whatever movies is how cool they can also make nazis seem
0: exactly uh
1: because that that uh, what what's the character's name? Uh, Hans Hans Lander, I think. Yeah. Um, is Christoph Waltz. Yeah. yeah, Christoph Waltz. God, it is hard not to love Christoph Waltz. Right. Whatever he is doing.
0: He's and, a very an actor, and it, there is a danger of making. Uh, yeah, like that Lindsay uh, what, Lindsay Ellis.
1: Yeah, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay Ellis. Yes, she makes. She did a YouTube video. Excellent.
0: Talking about satire and how the dramatically speaking, like. Movies like Inglourious Bastards* and um, American History X that sort of mm. almost have likable or glorified white supremacy in them, even though they are anti-white yeah. supremacy, the white supremacist movement will appropriate the good stuff from it.
1: Right. Because uh, the iconography is
0: so beautiful and the cinematography is so beautiful. Contrary to, say, yeah. someone like Mel Brooks, who they don't steal anything from Mel Brooks because he never wants for a yeah, moment. Yeah, they moment do
1: not they don't look good whereas like yeah Edward Norton in uh, in American History X like it's 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 hard not to have Edward Norton look cool like right. that's anyway uh, so Inglorious Bastards also ha- has some 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 excellent Nazi murdering women which is of course something we need more of in media right uh, because because history has plenty and oh, we yes. don't pay enough history attention to that
0: history has given us a plethora uh, we have a wealth
1: we have an untapped wealth of Nazi uh Nazi murdering women through history and uh uh, we you know with the i think that that bespeaks of a potentially great future of uh (laughs) intersectional nazi killing uh film i think is is out there to take for those of you who are filmmakers and are listening to us for some reason um number three for me is casablanca
0: Oh, and, I actually had that one down. I didn't think. Yeah, you knew I it. took oh, a right.
1: I took a hard left turn. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into Jeremiah's pool, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'll uh, and so I'll, I'll I'll just say Casablanca, and we can come back to a longer discussion of why when we get to your list. I would like to point uh, out
0: that that Nazi had a permit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck permits and fuck Nazis. <laughs> well, uh, we'll, uh,
0: we'll not necessarily in to, that order. <laughs> the, the permit uh, story-wise for Casablanca is one of the great sort of story devices, but
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll get back to that when you get to yours. I don't want to take up all the the intro time with me. Um, number <laughs> number two, uh, because uh, the the last two are sort of the ones that were most prevalent in in my childhood. Uh, Blues Bros is number two. Blues nice. Brothers, uh, because I do hate Illinois Nazis, and uh, I think I think one of the nice things about Blues Brothers is it 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 actually sort of toes an interesting line between um. The sort of accurately representing Nazis because you know they 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 didn't necessarily make them look ridiculous on their face
0: right. like
1: uh, like Mel Brooks did, but they also made them s- completely comedic right. like, at the same time. Like a, a showed them as being ridiculous without exaggeration. Like right. showed showed more the inherent ridiculousness of uh, of Nazis because they they just look so dumb and they must be destroyed for their hate. Um... <laughs> And number one for me, I I decided I would impose a rule on myself where I could only pick one Joe Johnston movie or movie (laughs) that he was related to. Uh, So I picked The Rocketeer because I love The Rocketeer. And it is of high high import to me personally, but within this bubble, within the bubble (laughs) of Joe Johnston, Nazi hater, Um, (laughs) Joe Johnston, of course, also directed Captain America, the first Avenger, and he worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark. He has uh, one of
0: the more famous Nazi scenes.
1: Right. I wish his face uh,
0: gets melted <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got face melting. Face melting is the one that people always reach for, but quite honestly, I think that it's important to remember... Uh, Nazi that gets chopped up by airplane the propeller.
0: Plates. That was actually yeah. part of the theme park for a while, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Propeller, <laughs> propeller, Nazi death. I think is is in some ways more important because <laughs> we've yet to create a weapon that can actually like face melt Nazis right. in the same way that uh, that the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant does. But we have airplane propellers now. Right. Like you could you could just go and find some. Um. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Rocketeer to me is. Is great for a number of reasons. For for the comic book connections, it's it's it does its own thing with the Rocketeer source material. The Rocketeer comics, if you're not aware, right. uh, spent spent a lot more time um, paying direct homage to pulp characters like Doc Savage and the Shadow. Right. Um, the Doc Savage was actually the, the it was, he was never named, but he was clearly the source for the Rocket Pack in the comics, as opposed right. to in the movie uh, where it was Howard uh, Howard Hughes, but uh, but we have, you know, the the great the, the greatest one of the greatest heel turns. <laughs> uh, when when the American gangster is like, I'm also an American the, the... gangster. <laughs> 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 Fuck Nazis.
0: <laughs> no, no the, the line is because I, I have a committed to memory. Of course I, you do. The mobster says, "I may not be a hundred percent. I may not make an honest buck, but I am one hundred percent American." And right. I don't work for no two bit Nazi.
1: Yeah, the uh the two bits.
0: Not even a whole bit. Two bits. <laughs>
1: yeah, when 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 even criminals in America are like, hey, don't don't <laughs> let me in with those guys. <laughs> I just organized crime. That's my deal. Alright? Uh and also one of the great uh the the animated sequence I think does a uh
0: really good. Yeah,
1: it does a great job of of sort of showing the stakes right. of like why why uh, an army of flying Nazis is so much worse. Right. Um, and Timothy Dalton as the annoyingly charismatic Nazi again. Again, it's like, can you, stop being so charismatic, Nazis. I love well, Timothy Dalton.
0: Uh, to be fair, with the Rocketeer, they make him an oily, slimy, charismatic. Like, True. They it's do. clear from the very beginning he's a bad guy.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't have the real world charisma that an Edward Norton or a uh, uh, Christoph Waltz well, give like, their characters. It, his is like literally,
0: his... like a fake popish charisma. That the yeah. I mean, the... he's also he's also
1: very clearly based on Errol Flynn, who has his own greasy kind of grimness <laughs> to his background. The more right. you know about Errol Flynn, so. But yes, yeah, so, uh, and within the bubble of the Rocketeer, I also say, you know, the, the, the other Joe Johnston movies have have high regards for me in, in terms of the sort of, the broader pop culture, uh, the hatred oh Nazis uh, committed right. to celluloid. So, Jeremiah, what do you have?
0: I went a little bit more broader in terms of, like, what I was going against, because it wasn't because. just Nazis at Charlottesville, there was also white supremacists and Klansmen. Right. I, so,
1: I, I went more Nazi-focused in mine, uh, I by design. Na-
0: I have the 1988 movie Mississippi Burning, mm-hmm. directed by Alan Parker with Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe and Francis McDormand. Now, Mississippi Burning is not a movie I'm going to recommend. Over, like, it's Gene Hackman is great, and the movie is great to some extent. The problem is it's one of those movies that took place during the time in which white people told movies about black oppression. Mm, and so yeah. the FBI is the hero in the civil rights movement, and that's <laughs> not really well, the okay. case. But you do have Gene Hackman grabbing a Klansman by the nuts and twisting. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a lot of sort of Klansman punching and humiliation of the Klan, and of course the eventual revelation that they killed two, uh, at least two or three civil rights workers.
1: Like, it, it's, it's on the list, but it's low on the list for right, a
0: reason. Right. I, I bring it only just to, to make, it, make it clear that we're not just going after certain people here. Right. We're going after the whole ideology of any kind of white supremacy.
1: And that we are not alone in this. Filmmakers no. <laughs> are also doing it. <laughs>
0: um, oh, brother, where art thou? Two thousand. Ah, uh, there's a, a burning cross that falls onto a clans member.
1: That is God. It just every uh, whenever I try and think of Oh, brother, where art thou? I just it's too like I, I need to watch it immediately because it's too pretty. Like a, Oh, brother, where art every... thou?
0: Is also a movie that I hold dear, near and dear to my heart because I find it an incredibly soothing and comforting movie. And also, I think it deals with the the idea of humanity of just trying to get home to a place we feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, um, but again, also it's it's one of those instances where uh, we see a, a, of all the the prisoner stories and the humanizing prisoner stories that we see. Oh, it's a trio of of uh, white men led by the the most attractive man on the planet.
0: Right. Well, uh, I want so. To also the, point out. Uh, we, going we, back we don't... to the 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 dancing uh, KKK scene, yeah. The Coen Brothers, the troop they hired was a mostly black dancing troop. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. And that was a way of giving like a little FU to the Klan.
1: <laughs> we actually, I remember in our uh, to to go on a tangent that is related, our our high school production of the uh, the Foreigner, uh, which is a, a hilarious play if you are not familiar. Uh, that also involves uh, mocking the clan. One of the clansmen in our production was a uh, a young black man, which
0: right.
1: I still find funny. And also another one was a woman. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, the so, th- sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, it's just a, it's chuckling to myself.
0: <laughs> the third movie I have is a uh, this duck soup. By ah. Um, 1933. It's a Moys Brothers movie. I picked that one because we also have to point out how absolutely ineffectual the federal government has been in this particular incident. Mm. And Duck Soup makes a very pointed, broad satire of what happens when you have people in government, and when you, when there's too much power in the government, in mm. terms of People and it becomes who are very not interested in the public service. Exactly, and
1: it, it becomes very interested in its own pageantry. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, good and, old, good old Friedonia.
0: <laughs> and the next two are directed by the same man, Fritz Lang, who Ooh. is a German exile who fled Hitler's Germany and came Fritz to Hollywood. Fritz Lang,
1: if you're if you're a surface level movie uh, movie nerd, then you know uh, Metropolis, but maybe not enough other things.
0: Metropolis, M, um, the two that I picked were his uh, Nazi themed ones. Uh, Manhunt, 1941 mm. with uh, Walter Pidgeon, Joan Bennett, and Joy Saunders. Walter Pidgeon plays a the world's greatest hunter and decides on a lark to go hunt Hitler. Huh. Oh. And then basically gets caught while practicing setting up his shot to kill Hitler. And Joy Saunders plays the SS uh, soldier who captures him and interrogates him. It's like You were trying to kill the fear. It's like, no, 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 no. I was just playing around. And basically, they get in this weird duel in which the guy won't admit that he was actually trying to kill Hitler. But they won't let him go because you can't have someone claiming he got that close. Uh. And he ends up escaping. And so basically, the Third Reich goes on this manhunt for him. And basically, George Sanders, who plays the SS soldier, corners him in a cave and forces him to write a confession that he was actually just trying to kill Hitler. And the hmm. guy does sign it and give it back to the guy, but then he ends up killing George Saunders, joins the RAF, and parachutes into Germany to finish the job he started at the beginning of the movie.
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: It is. But wait till I tell you the second movie. Okay. Hangman also died in nineteen forty
1: three. Yeah, uh, I had never I saw you mention this on online and I I had never even heard of this movie.
0: I've heard of the movie, I had never seen it. It's uh it's written by Fist Lang and Bertolt Brecht. Yeah! Who Brecht uh, denounces this movie because he doesn't think enough of his ideas went in. Fritz Lang has actually done a side-by-side comparison of the screenplay and the movie, and everyone's like, yeah, no. A lot of Brechtian ideas got in there. But another <laughs> kid, writer, John Wexley, got co credit mm. And what Hangman also dies is based on an actual event that happened in Czechoslovakia. A The second man in the SS... By the name of Richard Heydrich. Who was nicknamed the hangman. Because he executed so many Czechoslovakians. Mm. Um, There was an actual. um, Allied attempt. A successful attempt. To actually assassinate Richard Heydrich. Hangman also died. Goes what if it was the Czechoslovakian underground. Nice. So it's it's over two hours. This is really long for a 1940 movie. And it's basically with Brian Donlevy, Walter Brennan, and Anna Lee, and a host of others. And it's basically about the Czechoslovakian underground assassinating Richard Heydrich. Sorry, Reinhard Heydrich. And then trying to cover up the person who did it. At the cost of over 400 Czechoslovakian lives that the Gestapo takes as hostages to force them to... Name the assassin, the 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 man who killed him.
1: Oh, I'm gonna have to watch this.
0: <laughs> it is because at the end, spoilers, all of them, all 400 die. One of the last shot is a mass grave. Oh. And everyone in the and all the people within the the city laying Reese down, while the man who shot Hydrick uh, stands by with a hat over his head, and. Lang ends the movie with a giant super uh giant the giant wood knot covering the frame. and then a the end comes behind it. oh wow, it's a propaganda movie, clearly, but it, like yeah. I read a lot of reviews saying this doesn't feel immediate the immediacy is gone because it's not doing the second World War anymore. It's like, it's a great movie, but it doesn't feel like as powerful as it probably did back then. And I'm like, my right. God, it, it feels kind of really powerful now. Because hmm. a, one of the main plots is Anna Lee's character doesn't want any part of it because her father's been kidnapped, and she begs Brian Levy to come forward and admit that he's the one who who shot Heydrich. Right. And at one point, he refuses to, because he was going to come forward, but gets talked out of it going, you can't do that because... It won't matter. You come forward, they'll kill her whole entire family. And then right. they just keep murdering the rest of us anyway. None of it matters.
1: Like the uh, the idea that there's a, a reasonable way to end what what was going on.
0: Right. And she's like, how dare you, you don't care. So basically she runs to the Gestapo. And one of the Underground members hops into the cab going, you can't do this, what are you, crazy? And she can't get the cab cab driver to stop the cab, and she realizes he's going the wrong way, and this guy won't leave her alone, so she breaks the window and yells for help. Wow. Cop pulls the cop pulls the cab driver over, and it's like, what seems to be the matter? It's like, they won't let me go to the Gestapo. And all of a sudden, everyone who's outside just turns because she just yelled out the Gestapo. And now all of a sudden, she realizes, wait, what? And the cop's like, why do you want to go to the Gestapo? And is a slow dawning of comprehension of there's something bigger than her.
1: Oh man, yeah, I need like, to. Get, I, is, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this movie like this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds. This is amazing.
0: It is, and it's. And it, it becomes like a. It's not just about her because it also becomes very clear that how far, like how much are you willing to accept, and how like what how like how many at what point did you just allow things to happen in silence? But yeah, those are movies that I chose. Those are the movies you chose. Um, to be clear. I think
1: also speak just, just speaking of, um, uh, the, I think talking to that last point though, before we move forward though, Casablanca also, the, uh, that idea of, um, you like opting out doesn't mean you're actually opting out of the conflict. Like it, It goes on around you and defines a lot of, of like, the boundaries that your your supposed freedom gets to continue to take place in.
0: Right. And to be clear, it's one of the things where there is a disturbing lack of, like... I understand the call for love and peace. I do. And Mm. I'm not calling for violence against anything. It's just, at the same time... The are de- basically denouncing when you when you subscribe to ideolo- an ideology like Nazism or white supremacy, you're basically saying that the word humanity doesn't mean anything to you.
1: Right, or or rather, it means a very specific and limited thing right. that puts other people outside of it in a way that is uh, essentially a threat to them.
0: Right, because the, the, it says the, they're the, they're
1: not they're not offered or accepted within what is protected as human.
0: Right, there's the free market of, free marketplace of ideas, but at one point the idea is you're basically threatening the other person's existence with the ideology.
1: I mean, I'm I'm not going to touch on the the uh, I could I could go on a really long rant about the concept of the uh, the marketplace of ideas, quite honestly, right. but I won't. Right, uh, because we'll all I'll about say right.
0: Here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, although what art is and what uh, and how art is and uh, is am, political is, is another thing. Right. Uh, what
0: I am more concerned with is what I call concern trolls. Right. People who are just like mocking people who seem upset by what happened in Charlottesville.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I'm like,
0: that's showing a lack of, of empathy and understanding. I'm white, heterosexual male, as are you. We are two very safe people. So for yeah, us to stand safe. up and say we're against this, is hardly that brave.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the closest I get is I've, I've been told that I don't look especially straight. But that kind right, of just depends right. on the day. I've also uh, been, and,
0: and, I, and I mean the language I'm choosing, I've also been accused of being Jewish.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and I
0: mean the fact that it's not that I have anything, like people having a problem with me being Jewish, or assuming I'm Jewish. It's the fact that when they've asked me if I'm Jewish, the tone of the voice that has had been. And the way right. that has happened has been in a very sort of like you're not from around here, all you.
1: The fact that it can be framed as an accusation exactly. just on its face is worth uh, pause and consideration, <laughs> like what that means.
0: <laughs> Precisely. Now... Well, and I
1: think also in terms of the the way this is happening, like the, the way, what Charlottesville has brought forward isn't something that like oh, all of a sudden this is happening in Charlottesville, like. Right. Online, like the the places these people congregate and how they behave online, have been happening constantly for right. a long time.
0: <laughs> well, now they're starting to realize that this that this has consequences.
1: Yeah, uh, which is one of the great. Like,
0: wait, wait, wait! Nazis still exist.
1: Yeah, one of the great difficulties of online culture and and the way that people are allowed to behave online is that by and large, there a there are no consequences for harassment by and large. If you right. if you do it loud enough, there can sometimes eventually be something that bears a superficial similarity to consequences. Exactly. Uh, but, by and large, there aren't consequences, and as a corollary to that, by and large, the harassment is uh, generally only seen uh, by the person receiving it, right. making it incredibly easy to deny the existence of the harassment. Well... Uh,
0: the problem with the edge lords and the concern trolls is like it's all satire. We're just making fun of stuff. I'm like, look, mm. even Mel Brooks has said you have to draw a line. Yeah. Mel Brooks is like, like Mel Brooks. I didn't know this. Hated Life is Beautiful because he's like, no, yeah. you don't make fun. You don't. There's nothing funny about concentration camps. Hmm. There's nothing cute. There's nothing glorious. It's nothing.
1: <laughs> well, it also it also relies the the sort of. Um, That kind of trolling, which also often gets tied with a, a kind of free speech absolutism, right? Uh, often has a very... Like, it, it actually creates an environment where what you're saying speech is and does is meaningless. What you're really saying is that there should be a freedom of noise. Yeah. Like, you can make whatever noises you want and it doesn't matter. Well... Uh, oh. Whereas if you if you accept that there are consequences to speech and that one of those consequences can be to silence and further marginalize the speech of marginalized people, then you have to accept that you don't just get to say and do whatever because some of it's going to be threatening and marginalizing to other people's speech. Like, it, there's a boundary.
0: Right. Well, on top of that, it's like, oh, you can't, like, it's just, you, you can't be mad. It's just a symbol. The symbols don't, don't really mean anything. I like... Of course symbols mean things. The whole nope, nope, point we're, we're of just, iconography. We're just, making,
1: we're just making strange noises out of our faces, and if you <laughs> assign meaning to any of the things that we're doing on this recording right now, that's really your mistake.
0: Well, not all that, or like, the is it, that symbol's been around for 1,200 years, it means a lot of things. I'm like, yes, it does, but what they're yes, it using does. it as is not the oh, same.
1: Oh god! Yeah, when people are like, oh, but it's actually a holy symbol for art. Is it being used that way? is that the the context if i went up to one of those nazis and and asked them about the the origins of the swastika i wonder what i wonder what side they're going to be most informed about is it going to be
0: (laughs) well this goes back to what we said before on our previous podcast context is all it has it means everything yeah and a part of me, and this goes to uh, on one of the main thrusts all: art is political to some extent.
1: Yeah the uh, the idea of people people who think they're the center just because they see people both to the left and right of them
0: right. is a,
1: a bizarre like like mental gymnastic phenomenon. Because just just because there are people further in any direction, whether it, uh, no matter what it be from you, does not mean you are neutral.
0: Well, it's like when the um... Collider Movie Talk did a deba- had a discussion where they said... Because there was a rumor that the next Star Wars movie would have a gay character. Mm. And Collider Movie Talk was like, that's fine. There's actually gay characters within the Star Wars universe. We have no problem with this. Yeah. And the comment section was like, oh, how dare you try to uh, enforce Explode. the gay agenda. The gay agenda, by the way, is to get home before rush hour. It's the uh, same. Oh,
1: I, I just assumed the gay agenda was anything that I kept in my Lisa Frank folders. Okay. Yeah, um. no,
0: it's... It's one of those ideas, like, look, every, there's an agenda with every story. Right. The agenda, of course, may not be wildly political in every story, but there is, to some extent, an agenda in every, every story told or every piece it of exists, art done. Uh,
1: your story exists in culture, and culture is not separable from politics, therefore.
0: I, as much as you want it to be, guess what?
1: Like, there's a re- for example, there's a reason that not only in Star Wars, but in the movie serials that Star Wars is, uh, you know, a, a reinterpretation of, that there's a lot of uh, the enemies look like fascists. <laughs> I mean, hmm.
0: George Lucas made a very clear point on that. <laughs> but again, God, we can't escape
1: it because, again, the Empire, their design work is, is full like, they're, they're cool looking. And the Nazis wore Hugo Boss uniforms like that. There's this thing is it's inescapable, the kind of like what happens when fascists look cool.
0: Well, not only that, but I think this feeds into the cost of having art about oppressed lived experience made by oppressors. Right. Um I don't is George Lucas Jewish? I don't know. I
1: uh I don't know.
0: Okay. That that's that's all bad on that part. But it's <laughs> the problem of we have a lot of times, when there is any kind of story like that, we have a tendency to make the oppressors look good because that's part of our culture.
1: Right. It's with it the is.
0: exception of like maybe a stories about racism in terms of a southern racism or northern mm. racism, but even then, there's the tendency to be not all white people are bad. Right. Which is why we have this new crop of movies about racism by Black people, telling Black storytellers telling stories about their lived experiences, and it is unsettling because there is nowhere for you to run in terms of well, where's the good white guy?
1: Right. The uh,
0: oftentimes that's not the point.
1: The gaze isn't made to allow you to feel like you aren't complicit or aren't not maybe complicit's the wrong word, but aren't aren't a part of the system. That is destroying these people
0: Right Well Even when 12 Years a Slave came out There was Mm. a lot Of people Sort of Overlooking the fact That Benedict Cumberbatch Was playing A A monster A monster (laughs) A guy who actually said I'm going to send you The guy who was a Quote I'm not going to say I can't But he broke slaves Like that was What his reputation for It's like look He may be telling the truth He may not be an actual slave But uh, I can't do anything I'm sending you to this guy and they're like, well, if he hadn't lived in that time, he'd be a good guy. I'm like, yeah, tough tough shit. He lived in that <laughs> time and he didn't do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, the you, just because just because you don't do anything against the 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 just 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 because you're not like going out and I guess being an activist pro slavery wearing whatever like if you're if you're a slave owner and you're existing like I don't I don't know I know how that calculus is hard to figure out. Like you're well, still
0: there's this thing just belief because I know that slavery is wrong, and I know racism is bad, and I know anti-Semitism. Yeah, but is it, wrong.
1: It, like it ends up being this very surface level understanding of that.
0: Right. And it's like, well, if I had lived back then, I would have done something. It's like <laughs> It's comforting to think that. but one uh, there's a movie called Denial," directed by Mick Jack, and Mick Jackson yeah. came out last year. and there's a scene in which Rachel Weiss is talking to Tom Wilkerson, because they had just visited Auschwitz. Mm. And she's like, "What are your feelings?" And Tom Wilkinson is like, "Shame. I like to think I would have done something, but I don't know if I would have been able to stand up against the pressure." Yeah. And it's a very honest admittance of there is. It's not just some people doing a bad thing. It was there's a lot of pressure not to do the right thing. Hmm. And I, if, I think.
1: I mean, my well, my go-to sort of chain of thought in that regard, I think of because I've read it a bunch of times is uh, Huck Finn right. uh, one of my, one of my favorite books. and the latter the latter half of that that novel gets a lot of crap because the earlier half is' it's where the best parts of the novel are uh, <laughs> but but especially, but especially like when Tom Sawyer becomes introduced as a character and 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 there's this like, tom's childish like enactments of what res- what uh rescuing a, an imprisoned slave or like there's a there's a lot of weird right. stuff that happens that i could talk about forever but one there's a there's a line that i think to, that that brings for there's a lot of great lines in this book right. but in terms of of tom sawyer who is is known as this like carefree like positive character from one of the earlier novels uh when he gives this excuse as to why um why they were they're late in arriving? He he mentions. Uh, I think it's Tom, yeah. I think it's Tom that says it. God, I'm getting old. I can't remember. But there's <laughs> there's the dis- there's talk of this like steamboat engine explosion, and someone asks if anyone was hurt, and the response is no. And I'm not going to say the word either. But, but he says no, but it did kill a black man, right? And just the casual in- inhumanity of the these. Very normal like to our uh, perspective, of the audience very normal and even very like good characters. Right. Is I think even even though it's it's part of the uh, novel that that is kind of like meh, um, it's still important to consider. Like th- this is one of the reasons why I, I get prickly whenever people want w- whenever people want to like say oh we can't have we can't teach Huck Finn in high school because it it uses the n word. It's like yeah it does. And it uses it in a way that shows exactly what it means. <laughs> and I think that's important. But again, I'm a white guy English teacher, so there are plenty of other views on that that right. can Right.
0: And not uh, only that, but, like, even, to, you know what, I can, even, I can even concede, like, you know what, maybe in high school they're not ready for it, but college.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I, I ugh, I, I prickle at how much gets, uh, how, mu- how much high school English protects people from... Right.
0: From, but um, I don't know from, different un- different from we're uncomfortable talking
1: f- right uh yeah uh
0: well well also in denial there comes a point where they call on Timothy Spaulding scale well mm. and they're like they read excerpts from his diary and they show clips of him saying racist things anti-semitic things and he's like yeah what so and it's like you those that's racist no it's not prove it to me and it's like look at the words on the page and uh, I think part of liberal Hollywood did a thing in which we made racism this 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 uh, sort of watermark of villainy like and and that was our sort of shortcut way of knowing it it becomes it
1: it becomes a, a sort of blank signifier for bad
0: right for not just bad but for evil right and racism is bad and it is evil, but there are layers of racism. Yeah, and it's that thing where, if someone calls you racist. Again, context is everything. What did you do? What did you say?
1: Yeah, and the, the, in fact, I was I was thinking about this just yesterday. I was I was like writing out some notes. Um, mm-hmm. One of the most meaningless statements available in in English language and modern discourse, I think, is "I'm not racist." <laughs> is is almost an inherently absurd statement.
0: Right.
1: Because A, the context where you would have to say that already says some pretty bad things. <laughs> and B, like, yeah, like how, how are you defining it? Because it seems to me when most people try and legitimately say that statement as though it were meaningful, what they're really saying is, I am not bad. Right. I am not easy.
0: Exactly. And... <laughs> the thing is no one is saying you are they're saying what you just said
1: yeah Yeah. what you said what you did just any number of things like the there's something i see a lot in online uh apologetics let's say of uh racist behaviors or or sexist behaviors or any number of other things right where um it it seems as though the, the they don't say this but it seems as though the the way that I'm not racist or I'm not whatever is deployed I'm not whatever other sort of bigotry is deployed is meant to say that you have to be consciously thinking I am a racist <laughs> while doing the racist thing for it to count. Like I there was there was a video oh, I I can't remember which site it was on um there was there was a video that I saw of somebody at uh, Charlottesville, a white guy who was like he he ran away from the protest area and uh, yeah. took off his white polo and and his his like his, his racist uniform. Right. Uh, and a person caught him doing this and followed him around asking him like why he was taking it off, what he was doing, and like he was like, well, I just I just like being offensive. Uh, I didn't I didn't really mean anything, as though. Uh, And this, of course, gets into some sort of death of the author, like, postmodern language analysis shit that (laughs) I I will prevent myself from going off on a long tirade about. But why does you—like, even if that's true, even if in his heart of hearts he believes that all people of all creeds and sexualities and racial backgrounds and anything else are equal, that doesn't affect the fact that you dressed as a white supremacist and went out there and probably said and did— Racist things that even if you, with your innocent soul, uh, are don't don't fully believe, like people can still use you for cover that it's just joking while while beating a black man with poles, like happened. Uh, uh, well, like it's you, you don't get to say it, like you, that saying that is meaningless. It is, your actions and the context that they take place in matter.
0: They do, and I think part of the problem is. Because storytelling is the damnedest thing. People change mm. because of stories. Right. Um, Noelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant O'Hara on Star Trek, talks about she was doing autographs, and all of a sudden she saw a skinhead in line. And she just kept her eye on him as he made his way. Like One by one, he got closer and closer, and finally it was his turn, and he was a skinhead, a Nazi. He had the tattoos. Oof. And while in prison though, he saw reruns of Star Trek. And no, all of you. a sudden he realized what an ass he was. Oh. And he basically broke down in tears and begged forgiveness for her, from her. And I'm like, that's the it's it it, it is astounding how people's minds will change. Yeah,
1: it can story. it can be the smallest thing.
0: It really uh, can which
1: is which is of course one of the other arguments as to why representation in media is so important. Absolutely. Not not for like, not. I mean, I suppose people would accuse us, regardless of of sinister SJW uh, nonsense, yeah, right. cultural whatever. But um, but just just to show people being people. I mean, even if it's in whether it's in science fiction circumstances, whether it's in you know everyday so, whatever it is, just being able to see people who aren't like you being people, just what? like you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> This, this I don't understand how, like representation. Could e- when you watch *Force Awakens*, mm. it's so few. It's one of the highest-grossing movies of that time because everyone got to play. Like, well, yeah. at least they let more people play than just a bunch of white people.
1: Also, in terms of the uh, what if um, you know that the, there might be gay characters in future Star Wars. Uh, I am a hundred percent on the the Finn and Poe uh, train. <laughs> Finn and, Finn and Poe for life. Like <laughs> the way Poe looked at him in that, like when he was wearing Poe's jacket. There's there's no way. Uh, that is love.
0: Uh, I do love Oscar Isaac, and I, Oscar I do Isaac love John is a God.
1: Uh, right.
0: Anyway. So, do you have any movies that are good movies to recommend?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, there's the. Well, in in the write up you were you were talking a little bit about uh, documentaries, yes, obviously. Um, and uh, I'm I, I haven't seen a lot of, of great documentaries recently, but I'm I'm slowly catching up. Um, obviously, the uh, the 13th, ah, um, of the moon, yeah, yeah, uh, is a great one. But uh, at the same time, one of uh, and this is going to seem a little tangentially related, uh, but a documentary that. Very surprising for me that I didn't see it immediately when it was available. That I saw recently was uh, "Lo and Behold," which is a Herzog documentary about the internet, essentially. Oh,
0: okay. I heard about this. I haven't had a chance to see. It. And
1: it's not. And there's there's there's. It's not explicitly talking about really any of the things that we're talking about, right? <laughs> but it does talk. But it does talk a little bit about sort of the the failures of the internet in terms of how we. How the kinds of connection that it enables and the kind of alienation that it enables is, in that sort of Herzog way, um, and I, I think, the, especially considering how much of our our uh, engagement with people at all is digital these days, I think it's it's something that's important to reflect on. Um, I love
0: Herzog because he seems like he'd be such like an absolute depressing, pessimistic bastard, but every interview I see of him, he's just a delight. Yeah, yeah I, I the
1: the things he will show up in too, uh, <laughs> like he the he, he was in the Boondocks. There's an episode of the Boondocks <laughs> that was narrated by Werner Herzog as it, as a documentary style. Like it was, and he was in Rick and Morty in, like a smaller little like background thing. The opening uh,
0: of the Madagascar Penguin movie <laughs> is a mockumentary of that Morgan Freeman penguin movie in which right. they have Werner Herzog narrating. Oh. <laughs> we're not oh. even talking about Incident at Loch Ness, where he plays himself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, like, like I said, I, I, I didn't mean to go off on, on like a weirdly wild tangent, but I think one <laughs> of the things that, that is important, especially when looking at, because, you know, uh, in Lo and Behold, Herzog talked to a lot of people that were, you know, instrumental in the, the early construction of, of how the internet functions. Right, And they're pretty much all white guys. And <laughs> thinking about what is codified into a system and what is left out by the people who make it. And I uh, one of the things and this is okay uh, cuz I can't help but tangent on everything. But one of the most on the nose examples of this is with facial recognition that especially like early on one of the biggest problems with facial recognition recognition technology is that it didn't it, it either didn't or it had a really difficult time recognizing people of color. Oh wow. Yeah uh just because the the fit, like the example faces that people were loading in and testing it on were predominantly white.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And so that is to me one of the best examples of how blind spots get. Like people act like technology is ideologically blind. Uh, not, a lot of people do. Not it's not everybody, created by people. <laughs> like, right, but t- technology is 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 at, is coded with the ideologies that it. So it really is. Those sorts of things are, like, the things that you don't know that you don't know. Right. Like, if you are a part of a majority group, if you are as as white and straight as, uh, well, a lot of us in this podcast seem to be, um, <laughs> then you you get to be oblivious. Uh, like, it's it's easy to not yeah. notice the, the, the things that you miss. Um, um, anyway, sorry. I, yeah. Again, other tangents.
0: The, uh, my recommendation is also Ava DuVernay, uh, Selma 2014, mm-hmm. yes. which I know, uh, I'm surprised by the amount of white liberal friends I have who haven't seen this movie. Really? Yeah.
1: No, I, mean, I, I, I don't, no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I guess thinking about it, I'm not super surprised either, but it was like. I don't know it was it was it seemed like it was everywhere there for a little bit
0: It was but it was not it's one of those weird things in which I don't think a lot of white people even well-meaning white people didn't see because there's this sort of like oh no
1: They were happy enough that it existed
0: Yeah Uh but Selma is a, a fantastic movie It's also one of the great movies about protesting that I've ever seen about mm. how to coordinate and how to overcome Minor spats between the different factions, and how petty different factions can be, and also yeah. if you if you notice, Ava Duvernay, in every shot there is at least one black woman. She makes a conscious decision to show women. Oh, really? That women I didn't think of that. A were a, not just a giant part, but an integral part to the movement. Oh, wow!
1: That's that's fantastic. Like I, I mean, I that's not surprising thinking back, but it's uh. Uh, it's great to know that that was a conscious effort.
0: I don't know if it's a conscious effort. I'm just saying that's what I saw.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, I, can, I was confused then. Um, this one, uh, in terms of... God, you're you're asking me for... like well, One of the things you were talking about is like not, not just documentaries. We sort of went on that tangent, but positive movies.
0: Well, the movies I, that weren't like... Because we went on sort of like a... We started off kind of dark, and I'm sorry. But yeah, I, was, like, I wanted to yeah. get on this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I don't know, one of the, uh, uh, to me, it also, it, it, the, how you define positive, to me, is sort of broad. Uh, because one of the things that popped in my head, because to me, in a lot of ways, all representation, uh, re- kind of regardless of, uh, if it's good representation, if it tells a good story, then that a good story is positive on its own merits.
0: Because
1: right. I, I kind of worship story. Um,
0: right. as well as you so I was
1: thinking of, of, despite how sort of gritty it can be, I think Tangerine.
0: Tangerine is great. Tangerine's is actually uh, one of the better movies that came out that year. Yeah, uh, he has a new movie coming out, by the way.
1: Oh, really? What's uh, what's the, F-
0: the Florida Project with Willem Dafoe? Ooh,
1: I I do love Willem Dafoe.
0: I have the trailer on my Facebook. Excellent. Um, no. but um, yeah, Sean Baker. Uh, Tangerine it's, it's kind of gritty, but it's also very moving. It's very yeah. It's almost like a farce at times, and other times it's also like almost like a slice of life movie. It's I, I, yeah, I'm gonna use the word masterpiece. It's one of the better movies that come out um, in the last five six years.
1: Yeah, and I, well, I think one of the things that it doesn't, while well, like it, it doesn't shy away from the difficulties inherent in just existing as a as a trans person. No, it doesn't. Uh, well, so no, it I, also
0: I, uses actual trans people too.
1: Yeah, which is one of the so novel. <laughs> yeah. So, huh, how about that? Uh, maybe maybe we should stop being like oh look at this brave straight white guy playing uh, <laughs> a trans woman like that we always do, Uh but um, what else like I <laughs> I get so um, I have about a documentary um, oh go uh
0: HBO documentary from nineteen ninety seven by Spike Lee Ooh. four little girls, and it's about the four girls who died in the uh, church bombing. Oh and, wow! And I, don't, man,
1: I don't I don't know this one.
0: Yeah, uh, it came out in 1997. And it's a, it, it's really just an oral history of the Civil Rights Movement. Nice. He, he talks to family members. He talks to people who were in the local government at the time. He talks to local clans, clansmen. He talks to members of the movement of the time. Like It is a jarring documentary because I didn't know this, but a lot of people within the Civil Rights Movement were children. Really? Not high school children, but, like, elementary school children because they were the ones who were able to leave school because they weren't guarding those schools.
1: Oh. But they're
0: the ones who went to prison. Wow. Yeah. No, it is a... If you are white and care anything at all about the Civil Rights Movement or think you know anything about the Civil Rights Movement, I would recommend Spike Lee. I recommend any Spike Lee movie simply because I think (laughs) he's one of the best storytellers working today. Uh, But... Four Little Girls is a powerful documentary in terms of just educating you on the black American experience of that time.
1: I think also, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go in a you know, pop direction here because pop, uh, the, the more like uh, forefront of, of dork pop culture is where I spend most of my time. Right. But um, I think Luke Cage is one of the uh, one of the things that I love about Luke Cage as a as a series uh, is how it's unabashedly about the fact that that being black in America is not just one thing. It is. Uh, I think the, the the one of the things that that I dearly loved, aside from just the fact that a a Luke Cage series exists. <laughs> Uh, it is just the fact that it is. It's not. It's not about the black experience. It's about black experiences.
0: Well, and on top of that, it treated Harlem the way Marvel treats New York City. Yeah, and I never see Harlem treated as anything other than destitute. Then,
1: then a then <laughs> like yeah, it's it gets to be this one subset, and right. it's this one kind of place. Right. Uh, and and I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, not go
0: ahead. I was like, it, it, the, the amount of variety of black lived experience that it showed to a, a largely white audience.
1: Yeah, just the the. I say largely white
0: audience simply because of the comic book audience. But I, I, I right, also the, know like, that, that might have, the numbers are clearly probably off.
1: Right. I mean, it's the... Well, I think the, the, the way to, to frame that isn't necessarily that the comic book audience is predominantly white, but traditionally... It's treated right. as though it is.
0: Right, exactly. It is. It
1: is presumed. Uh, it is. It's not necessarily the real existing audience, but it is the constructed audience
0: exactly. that
1: they cultivate. Um, and seeing them be so willing to to just be like, no, this is this is stories of of black characters living in Harlem in all sorts of different circumstances in our fantastic world, <laughs> uh, is a just like the fact that that's a groundbreaking thing is profoundly embarrassing. It is. But the fact that it, it that like the the not only does this exist, but it is so well done. It, it is, is a one. Maybe s- it is maybe the best Marvel series thus far. It's hard for me to pick between that and Jessica Jones. Um, I I tend to to. Ah, God, it's it's real hard.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like it, it's. I think it's safe to call it a tie.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I I will never be able to answer that question. They're right. they're both like I, that's one of the things that has me fearful for defenders is because it's going to bring in the uh, the the white guy
0: stories. <laughs> yeah, not only that we're going to bring in Danny Rand, but we're not going to go down that road.
1: No, we're not going to go down that road. But um, because um, we're being positive.
0: <laughs> um, how to survive a plague? That's a documentary, 2012, directed by um David Fance. It Mm. is about the um, rise up, resist movement of the uh, during the age crisis. Oh wow! And how much the LGBTQIA plus community essentially did it by themselves without any help from us or the government. Yeah, and the amount of really consistent groundwork. So now yeah. Rise Up, Act Up. That's the name, Act Up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Act Up. Uh, fun fact, uh, Rachel Maddow started the first ever Act Up organization uh, when she went to London. Oh, really? When she got into, uh, was it Oxford? I, I don't know. But she went to one of those colleges, and she basically started the first Act Up. Oh, wow. But no, it is a very, It's I, I, I cried. No shame, I, I wept, as I did in Four Little Girls, but it's one of those, I, I highly recommend it solely to understand how devastating the age crisis was and mm. how much work and how much sacrifice the community did.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, it's from the outside, there's so little that the, the sort of popularly constructed history talks about in terms of it like i saw last year i saw a a short video clip of uh like the the press secretary at the time basically just making making fun of the reporter who kept asking about the aids crisis yeah uh and like i knew that that it was dismissed popularly or that it was it was generally ignored but i didn't know how oh yeah uh uh, like I, I, like until I, until I saw that clip, I never really understood how, like mocking people, like how dis- like actively dismissive.
0: Yeah, it uh, it is jaw dropping that particular piece of history.
1: And yeah, yeah like it's the a the scene more we've
0: never really quite. I don't think we're gonna be able to atone for it for quite some time. Um, yeah,
1: like the, the way that that generation, uh,
0: like a huge chunk out.
1: of it just yeah. gone. Yeah.
0: Um. So on that note,
1: because it, I think I think one of the things that the uh, on to to tag that last note it, a lot of people like to say that that history is written by the winners, but what it really is is history is written by the survivors, exactly. whether you win or lose. Uh, and, and it
0: is all about surviving history for some people. Yeah. Um. I wanna. I just want to point out that me and Thad are both white. We are both heterosexual. We are both male. I. The, the topic we were discussing today was not meant to be aimed at anyone who wasn't like us. Um, yeah, like we, we're not telling we, people who marginalize something they don't already know.
1: Right. Uh, uh, I, I, the, the, the main thing I know is that I don't know enough. Yeah. And any of the things I got wrong, uh, or that I said that that came off as stupid or short shrift or crass or whatever, I will accept. What like uh that I need to know more, I always need to know more because right. i because most of my life i have i have been allowed not to
0: exactly I'm not not even so much allowed but almost sometimes in some places even encouraged. i've
1: been i I've, I've, I've been allowed to not know that there was more I needed to know
0: right um, uh,
1: you, it's a, you know I, I we get to exist in that space uh for so long that right. i'll never know all the things that I need to uh in order to be a better uh you know, in order to be better at standing up for uh, what's right.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, make sure you listen, listen, review, and uh, on iTunes, listen to the other Fundamentals podcast, Fundamentals, Ladies First, and on the Batch Um. Be safe. Be well. Uh, don't be a Nazi. Don't be a Nazi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right. Say goodbye, then.
1: Farewell. Uh, and we shall see you in future times.
0: All right. Bye. Bye.